Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! Yeah, you already know what time it is, DJ Nation fam. It's the week four NFL DFS breakdown from the TFA, powered by the TFA and the DJ Nation. What's going on? I'm your host, one of your two co-hosts for tonight, Ryan Williams. You can find me on Twitter at RyanAlexander underscore W, and I'm joined by one-third of the podcast, Mr. Maddie D, Maddie Dickinson at Maddie DFS. Kevin is missing two shows this year, Maddie. After missing zero, missing two. Can you believe it? I can't. Uh, you know, he talks a big game. Every, every time we get on the pod, he's like, you know, Ryan, Matt, I've never missed a show in my entire career. And you guys just, you know, you come and go as you want. And I'm here every week doing the show. And, you know, I'm always going to be here. And, you know, where is he? But, uh, hey, that's it. okay. He's sending a family thing. So, I guess, I guess we'll allow it. We'll let it slide. Yeah, we'd, we'll definitely allow it. And, and man, what an impression there. We definitely have to get that audio cut up of you doing, Kev. Hilarious. <laughs> We're for the DJ Nation that's joining us, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we're a little bit earlier, as usual, back to our regularly scheduled programming here on a Thursday. Um, we're trying to get this in at halftime. But you know what? This game is just ass right now. It's booty. Um, big booty Judy catching the touchdown. The only thing saving this game from what it is. So we decided to start early. NFL uh, week four breakdown here for DFS. Guys, if you're watching us, uh, YouTube, Periscope, Facebook, uh, or listening to the pod, we appreciate you. Guys, subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Just type in the Fantasy Authority. We appreciate that. Go and like the video. You can leave a comment. You can tell us, you know, we're going too long. You can tell us our audio is low as i know that last week that happened um you can tell us that we're doing well hey we've we've had some good picks over over the past week not last week with uh the giant stack um that some were touting here on this channel but uh we we've had we definitely have some fun there so we want 
we want you guys interacting with us. Uh, social channel at uh, DJ Nation Pod is where you can find us on Twitter. If you're watching, you see all the Fantasy Authority channels there. Basically, the Fantasy Authority on everything, but FF underscore authority there for Twitter. Maddie, let's uh, let's not waste any time. Let's get into this this slate here for week four. You know, we, I think we got a fun one, right? We got. Well, we got some ugly to talk about, right? The COVID virus is, has struck in the NFL. We've seen it strike in, in the MLB, not so much in the NBA, but we're going to get a, a postponement from the Titans and Steelers game. So that game is pretty much washed. Uh, pretty much the smart decision, it seems like. We're just moving on, give these guys bye weeks and and figure it out from there. The, the main thing is being safe. Uh, but a lot of... We, we just got a, a weird slate here, Matty, because we've got an, enough under our belt now where we can figure out situations for sure to target off of 2020. We're not really going off of 2019 data anymore. You shouldn't be. You can toss those out the window now because we have a, a large enough sample size that we have. And then you, just the pricing uh, overall, I feel like, for the slate. I haven't looked too much into FanDuel um, all that much, but Dra- DraftKings especially, I thought, did a great job with their pricing. Um, from the overall slate. So let, let's kind of talk. I just, before we get into our usual breakdowns, Maddie, I just kind of want to touch on something from last week. And I think we tout ourselves as being a contrarian podcast in general, right? Like we we look at things from DFS perspective that would open up things from a tournament perspective. We don't really talk that all that much about cash, but we do talk about strong plays. We try not to get people on plays that would blow up their lineups or that we wouldn't be willing to play ourselves. And one of the main things things from last week was the Dallas and Seattle game just went absolutely bananas. And we talked about that game just in the sense that that's going to be popular and we have to get pieces for that game, but not really. We're starting out with these four or five players and just going from there. And these are, you know, you should definitely get exposure to this game and move on elsewhere. So I felt like if you didn't have that game last week in your DFS lineups, basically from a main build, you, you weren't cashing. I mean, because Russell Wilson is going absolutely nuclear. Uh, Dak Prescott is in game scripts where he has to be forced to go nuclear. And it just seems like every time these two teams are going to be on a slate, we're going to have to have some exposure to them. So I opened that up for this week four because we have a ton of games here that Vegas is projecting to go berserk when we have only seen a couple of handfuls. So what do you think about the site from an overall perspective? Are you looking at it from you need to be targeting games specifically, or can we feel comfortable with getting a couple guys uh, in good spots and, and starting from there? So, I, I mean, it all, it all goes back to the types of contests you're playing, right? So if you're in more of like the, the bigger large field tournaments, um, you're going to want to have more exposure to full game stacks. Whereas if you're in smaller field tournaments, you're going to want to be closer to the optimal build with a couple pivots here and there. And usually an optimal build is not, hey, let me load up on this game and hope there's 70 points scored. Um, Usually an optimal is like, okay, let me fit in the best two or three running backs. Who's the best one or two value wide receivers? Uh, Let me get a a good tight end and, you know, and go from there. Whereas in large field tournaments, if a, if a game goes for like 75 or 80 points, like we've seen the last couple of weeks, you've almost got a game stack it to have a shot to take down a tournament because usually there's a couple guys, th- three or four different guys who are in the 20s, and then you usually get a couple 30-point guys as well. Um, right. So it's just it really does depend on, on the contest that you're playing in. 
um, and the size of the field. So I, I definitely think that that's a big aspect to it. But we will talk about some game stacks. Um, there's definitely a couple under the radar ones. You know, like you said, there's what eight totals over fifty this week. Yeah. Man. Um, so there's definitely a lot to like, and it's a great week to to be a little bit different from the field. Yeah, and that, and that's really what we we pride ourselves on. I mean, we we've done seasons where every week we're putting a team into the millie and kind of just you know chasing that and we and we want you guys to feel uh confident in being able to go out there win that money chase down a big gpp you know get plays that people aren't talking about that are in good spots um and can be contrarian so let's open it up maddie with with the quarterback position because i really think this is where it gets interesting uh you know looking through the show notes here that we put together for the show and i i was i was loving the first name that you put in from a quarterback perspective so uh you know let's kind of just talk about the plays that that we have written down and then we can open it up as a main forum for the quarterback overview so i i mean i see the i open up the doc i see that you have ryan fitzpatrick down and i'm like dude let's go because uh the more i'm looking at this matchup the more i'm just loving the fact that game script dependent we're gonna get a ryan fitzpatrick out here who's just going to have to throw and and even the guy like miles gaskin being there at running back you're not really thinking that they're going to try and get this guy you know 20 25 carries going against the seattle team like we just we just saw that from uh or not just saw that but we just saw from zeke on the side of dallas going against the seattle team that's zeke right and he's only seeing 14 carries so i I have no reason to believe that unless the the dolphins are up heavy that this is going to be a miles gaskin just run run rampant game as we saw against jacksonville so you love fitzpatrick here you 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 gotta like the price on DraftKings. uh I can, i'll pull it up but i know it's it's cheap in the five thousand dollar range four maybe 50 54 you gotta somewhere, love that somewhere around there yeah, 54. You're right, Maddie. And it's a home matchup there. And you're talking about an, a narrow enough distribution of targets from his pass catchers. So I absolutely love that. I, I definitely want you to dive in on that um, for your plays. I think Russell Wilson, just what he's doing every week, this guy's in play 14 touchdowns through the first three games. It, what he's doing right now is just unheard of. So if you're playing cash or you want to start your builds there, because he does have a narrow distribution of targets as well. And especially with with Byron Jones. I'm, I'm not sure where he is at on the injury report, Matty. I know he's missed the past two weeks um, or he uh, he missed part of week two and then all of week three. So that's worrisome. Uh, they have some corners who are definitely attackable over there. So uh, I love talking about the Seattle pass catchers later on. Um, Jared Goff finds himself in a good spot this week. Uh, if you're not buying into Daryl Henderson, maybe if you're thinking Cam Akers can come back and be healthy. I'm not sure where he's looking at at the injury report, but Jared Goff could definitely um, pay off his price tag as he comes in at 6,700 going into the Giants. I mean, we're just targeting everybody against this Giants defense right now. Um, that's abysmal. And uh, the other guy is is Patrick Mahomes that I want to talk about, and I'm not sure what you're looking at as far as ownership projections this early on, Maddie, but when I was looking at pro football focus and what they have on ownerships, and this is, you know, people who are just making early lineups probably for the Thursday slates and everything like that. But Mahomes was still down there, you know, under 10% ownership. And I just couldn't believe it after the matchup that we just saw against the Ravens on the road. And now this guy gets to be in a home matchup. Now it's against new England. And so if you're, 
worried about the New England defense, I, I guess, you know, I don't I can't blame you, but this isn't the same defense that we saw. They kind of were starting to give up points late against the Raiders, even though I, I talked about playing that defense in an article last week. Uh, but I, I love Patty Mahomes from a GPP perspective. I think you can definitely play him against this defense. You're not really worried about if you get the stat correctly, because we see we've seen just on Monday, he's throwing to the lot. He's throwing to the linemen. He's throwing to running backs. He's throwing to Tyreek Hill. Michael Hardman gets you some. And then if they take away Kelsey, it's, they're still explosive guys. So I like Pat Mahomes, but it really has to start with Fitzpatrick this week, Maddie. Uh, we got people in the chat. Will McNeil, shout out to you, man, talking about he can't play Ryan Fitzpatrick on chalk week. I'm not sure where his ownership uh, prices are coming in, but I, I just know that it, it can't be chalk at this point, I don't think. And I, I still like getting exposure to him. I've got him. I'm looking at, let's see, where is he at? He's he's in like the third tier of ownership. Okay. Like the, the five to seven percent range is what I'm looking at right now. Obviously, that right. might change as more content comes out. Um, Friday's usually a big content day. So sure. um, you definitely could see his ownership pop up a little bit. And I mean, he really is the best value quarterback on the board. I mean, no, no matter how you slice it. I mean, you look at who Seattle has gone up against. I know they've played really good quarterbacks through, for, through the first three weeks, but they give up 472 and three to Dak. Uh, Cam threw for 397, who we know Cam is not a passing quarterback. He's a run-first quarterback. He mm-hmm. threw for 397, got Edelman a career high in receiving yards, uh, had one passing touchdown, two rushing touchdowns, and then Matt Ryan threw for 450 and two. So you're looking at three guys who basically threw for th- over 397 yards um, in three straight weeks. And the thing with the thing with Seattle this week is Chris Carson's banged up. He's been practicing right. limited. Carlos Hyde is banged up. He's been practicing limited. And the Seahawks have shown a willingness to turn to a pass-first offense this year. So I just I don't see a way that Seattle says, let's slow this train down. We're just going to run the football this game because their running backs are banged up, and that's not how they've played the first three games. So I think that there's going to be – like Seattle's going to continue to put up points, and we've seen that their secondary is not very good. And we know Ryan Fitzpatrick, if there's one thing he can do, it's throw for a lot of yards, throw for touchdowns, and he's going to throw a couple interceptions. Like that's just what he does. He slings the rock, doesn't care. Uh, He stretches the ball down the field. Uh, Devontae Parker's got a great matchup. You know, those outside corners in, in Seattle are not good. Um, the slot receiver is not – or the slot corner is not good. So you can literally pick apart them from any way you want. And and Mike Jasicki's – we know that he plays big slot. He's not really an inline tight end. So there, it's just – I just don't see, you know – and like you said, the, the pass catchers, we know where the ball is going in Miami. It's going to Parker and Jasicki and occasionally Preston Williams, um, though he's kind of – you know, he's still coming back from that that knee injury from last year. And uh, he's actually gotten the top cornerbacks from the other team. So the first yeah. few weeks. So this limited him as as well. Um, but two, I mean, like Miami has only wanted to, to slow the game down when they're playing from in front. When they're playing from behind, Fitzpatrick chucks. And I just don't see, you know, playing in smaller field stuff. Go with a Fitzpatrick, Parker, Jasicki stack and just be different somewhere else on your team because I do think that that is the optimal stack at a low cost this week um, that can let you pay up for some some more optimal running backs that we'll talk about um, that cost, cost you a pretty penny. But 
Um, yeah, man, it's Fitz just looks really good. I I agree that it can can feel a bit scary trying to play him when he's more popular, but I just don't see. I mean, even Vegas thinks that they're going to do well because it is a. I've got a fifty-three and a half total with only a six and a half point spread. So Vegas thinks wow. it's a, a one-score game and a high total. So I mean, to me, that tells me Miami's going to be able to keep up, and I don't disagree because of what Seattle's defense has shown us this year. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, you can't get away from the passing in the in this spot. I don't feel like, and and Will's in in the chat uh, asking about is it, um, you know, a good good play to kind of go to Carson if he's healthy out there. And I don't listen. I, well, I played Carson last week. I had some exposure to him just because I like to get leverage plays. And I realized that I was doing pretty much a very heavy build of Russell Wilson or Dak Prescott lineups. And, you know, on those Wilson teams, I was playing Wilson and Carson or, or, or just trying to get some exposure to Carson. I had a lot of Carson wins. And so by playing that game, I was like, okay, let me get a Carson exposure there. But the passing volume is just so incredible right now uh, that it's just so hard to overlook. And they're passing. It doesn't matter whether they're in the red zone or, or not. They they're they're letting Russ cook. Let Russ cook, right? That's yeah. They're, cook they're, they're, yeah, they're <laughs> passing on early downs. That's the biggest change right. that they've made this year. Because usually it's been okay, two runs, and now it's third and seven, <laughs> and Russ is, right. has to pass on third down. But now it's let's just drop back to pass from first down, and and Russ isn't even he's not even getting to third downs like that. It's just how efficient he's been, and it's it's so stupid like how good how good that offense is. It's crazy. And then, you know, you come in and this year it's all about, oh, Seattle's run heavy, Seattle's run heavy. And I know the, you know, the chance about Russell being uh, in, having Mr. an MVP Unlimited. year, getting, getting getting the MVP vote. So it, it just, you know, until they show that it's a letdown spot from the Seattle passing attack, I think we just have to keep going back Um to that fold, especially when you're getting plus matchups on the other side. And there's ways that they could take advantage of that. And they're traveling on the road here. It's not, it's not a home game for them. It's a home game for Miami. And, you know, th- things are just weird. And if for some reason, you know, Miami takes one to the house on a special teams or something like that, th- there's just so many different ways that it could happen um, with the game. But you you like having Russ on that side. Maddie, you wrote down a couple other guys that I'm interested in talking about from this slate. And, and for those of you who are watching on YouTube, you probably saw the thumbnail video clip there of uh, – OBJ on the screen. And so that means that Baker is one of the quarterbacks that you're looking to target this week. Now, we, uh, for those of you who don't know, OBJ, it looks like is popping up on the injury report uh, for Thursday. So we'll definitely have to monitor that. I think it's a back. But if he's, you know, out there willing to go, are you still interested in getting some Baker in that Dallas game? Absolutely, because I mean, for all the same reasons we just mentioned, why we like the the Dolphins' pass attack is the same reasons I like the Browns' pass attack. I mean, you've got a fifty six total and only a four and a half point spread, so Vegas thinks that that game's going to shoot out and it's going to be close. And we know that the way you beat both defenses so far for Cleveland and Dallas is through the air. Both teams have been respectable on the ground. Now Dallas hasn't really played a really good running back yet, like Nick Chubb, so. I, I do kind of, you know, maybe am slightly concerned 
that the Browns could just, especially if Kareem Hunt is out, I think the Browns could just come out and say, you're going to, you're getting, we're 25 to 30 Nick Chubb carries. He's going to run for 170 yards and two or three touchdowns. You know, I, I absolutely could see the scenario where that happens. And if that does, you're not getting the Baker ceiling game. However, if Dallas comes out and gets out to an early 14 point lead, which is very possible playing at home in the dome, you all of a sudden have to abandon the run game. And we have seen Dallas's secondary so far. I mean, it's just like the Seattle secondary. It's non-existent. Right. And so, and so like – And a lot of injuries on that side too. Yeah, so they're, they missed two, they're missing two starting corners. Uh, they, they still have Diggs, who's a rookie. Um, so he'll likely uh, get to go up against OBJ probably on that when he's on the outside. Um, but, I mean, even Landry in the slot has a great matchup. You can target Dallas with tight ends, even though we haven't seen much out of Hooper really. Um, it's just – the Dallas defense is basically non-existent. And another big name you got to monitor in that game is Demarcus Lawrence. If he's out, the splits with him off the field are, it's like the efficiency goes way up because now you don't have corners, but now you also don't have a pass rush. So it's like Baker will literally be able to do whatever he wants. Assuming OBJ is healthy. It's kind of scared me a little bit that OBJ popped up in the middle of a week on an injury report, but that's definitely something you want to keep an eye on. Um, it's just like the Kenny Galladay situation in week one. If OBJ is limited on a Friday, that's a bad sign because Fridays are generally just your walkthroughs, very light practices. If he's a full and they're saying he's, you know, he's ready to go, then I'm not going to look too much into um, his, his back injury considering, you know, he played with an injury last year that he should have gotten surgery for. So he's played through injuries. Um so I really do like that that Browns passing attack, especially if Demarcus Lawrence is out. And uh, I, I would like to see Kareem Hunt in there just so the Browns aren't as reluctant to just send Nick Chubb out there 20 to 5 to 30 times. Um, but even if he's out there, I mean, I, man, it becomes running back becomes really, really tough to navigate through because there's already two guys at the top who I am just, you know, going to push the lock button and not even turn and look back. So um, team we'll, jam them in this week, team jam them in this week. We'll, we'll talk <laughs> about that when we get there, but yeah, the Browns, I, I don't, I think you're going to see no ownership on this Browns air attack um, because, you know, we've seen Baker in prime time already against the Bengals and, you know, people are just like looking at, at Baker's past game logs and they're like, I mean, Baker's not going to get, he's got no ceiling, but I think in this matchup, this is a rare occurrence where we could see Baker throw for over 300 yards and a couple scores. No, that I I hear you, and you're looking at that price tag there at 5,800. That yep. is it's easy to swallow there on a uh, on a site like DraftKings, especially. Uh, let's. There's two guys who are in this range, Medi. So I want to talk about this range, and we could talk about a cheap one if there if there's a guy that sticks out there. But if we're looking within the the 60, let's see. So 6,600 to 5,900. There we got the likes of. Deshaun Watson, who I, I didn't I didn't put on the list here, but he he's got a game against Minnesota. This Minnesota he's a mega chalk. Yeah, Minnesota's secondary is one that you could target. He he is mega chalk, and you're looking at these numbers, but you're looking at the defenses that he's faced too, right, Maddie? You know, he's at Pittsburgh, home against Baltimore, at Kansas City. Like it's been a tough start for this Houston team, and. This Minnesota team, while the secondary has been one, and I've written it up two weeks now in a row, 
they're hedging points to these running backs. So, you know, you could get maybe leverage by going David Johnson on on him if you think that that's if he's going to be chalk and, you know, he's not going to pay off that price tag at, at 6,600. But I do kind of, you know, I think he's interesting. Cam Newton going against Kansas City. We've seen him and when he needs to throw, right? So going against Seattle, 44 pass attempts. And they needed to kind of lean on Cam to kind of get them back in the game. But against Vegas and Miami, they were kind of just able to do whatever they want, have their way on the on the ground. Sony Michelle's getting a hundred yards rushing on nine carries last week. Rex Burkett three touchdowns. It's ridiculous. So if they're in a game like that, they they're not going to need Cam. But now you're looking at traveling to KC. He's sixty four hundred. Uh, he doesn't. You're not really. The passing situation worries me with Cam, but just the red zone usage is incredible. So he could pay off just by you playing him naked, and he could still get you the 25 points, 30 points that you're looking for with only one or two passing touchdowns. And you're really hoping for two because he's gotten 38 with only one touchdown, 25 with no passing touchdowns, that is, as I'm saying that. So he's interesting. But the two guys that you wrote down were Burrow and Stafford. Now, Burrow is going against Jacksonville, Stafford going against uh, New Orleans. Uh, Aaron Rodgers just lit up this New Orleans team. I saw Matt Mashaun. Marshawn Lattimore was on the report, injury report with the hamstring, I believe. So he's out. You're definitely loving that. Uh, Joe Burrow going against Jacksonville, which Fitzpatrick was just able to have his way against them. So I like these calls, Maddie. Talk to me about these guys. Yeah. So, I mean, it keeps going back to these defenses I want to attack this week have been uh, more pass funnels than the other teams' defenses that we're seeing where guys are quarterbacks are in good matchups. So you've got New Orleans, who we know. Every For the last few years, they've been a top-run defense in the NFL. Well, we've seen, like you said this year, we've seen New Orleans just get gashed through the air. Um, and Aaron Rodgers last week, with no Devontae Adams, was still out there just chucking the ball around. Lazard had a 130-yard day and scored a touchdown. And it, right. it was just – he had his way. So it's – and especially with Lattimore, he was limited yesterday and was downgraded to a DNP today. So it's, it's not looking good for his prospects to playing. And the Lions, they got Galladay back last week, and so he had no setbacks, and he's ready to go again this week. I mean, you're not going to be able to run the ball against New Orleans, and you've got Matt Stafford, who we know can throw the football as good as anyone in the NFL, and he's got those weapons who are affordable in DFS. Kenny Galladay, 6K, and Marvin Jones is 4,900. And then you even got Hawkinson, who's who's pretty cheap. And we've seen New Orleans just get shredded by tight ends through the first few weeks. So I just, man, it's targeting these pass funnels that nobody's going to be on um, in games that are projected to be really high scoring, which this is another one. Vegas has it at 54 and a half and a four and a half point spread. And I really, really like the full-blown game stack here uh, if Michael Thomas is back too. Because you can go MT at seventy six hundred. I don't know the last time we've seen him at, at that cheap of a price. You know, um, right. Kamara. He's That's you know G- Kamara's team jam him in this week. Um, and then you get all the Saints points basically, and then on the other side you run it back with Stafford, Galladay, and Marvin Jones, and even Hawkinson. Um, and there's a Saints tight end we'll talk about too if Jerry Cook is out. But, uh, no, I, li- I saw that. I yeah. like I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, so. 
It's just uh, in Jacksonville and Cincinnati is the same exact way. Cincinnati and Jacksonville have both limited teams. Um, well, Cincinnati not as much, but Jacksonville's limited teams on the ground. Uh, Jacksonville ranks sixth in adjusted line yards on defense, tenth in second level yards allowed, and eighth in open field yards. So they've been a very quiet, good run defense this year. And I think a lot of people are just going to say, you know, they're going to mistakenly say, oh, Joe Mixon versus Jacksonville. This is a great matchup to, um, mm-hmm. you know, ha- have a big game on the ground. And that's not, that's not been the case. Jacksonville has been a much, much, much worse defense against the pass than they have against the run. And we know Cincinnati's defense is not good. So, uh, you've got a 49 points total here and a three point spread. So another high scoring close game. Uh, and, and I just think, you know, Cincinnati's got a pass funnel situation here on offense. And we know that Jacksonville can put up points on their side of the board as well, considering Cincinnati's defense is, is very bad. So you've got another shootout potential here at basically no ownership. Yeah. And you're loving the attempts from the kid too. 44, 61, 36, yeah. even, even in games where they're controlling, I mean, 36, attempts in a game that only scores 29 total points that's ridiculous in that week one now and he's got and he's got rushing upside too right right and the rushing upside exactly so that 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 is a a nice I, i i like that a lot in that game in that home matchup because i i do see people talking about mixing and just the way that running back kind of shapes up i don't know that i'll really have much of any mixing this week because he kind of has to he's cheap but he needs to prove it to me first yeah. before I'm willing to put him in. With it's not the matchup. I think he's going to be he's he's going to be yeah. way too popular. And it's not the matchup. I agree. Uh, just real quick before we move on uh, to the running back position, Maddie, as we're talking about mixing there, uh, Will was asking in the chat that he's kind of seems like the the Cardinals, um, you know, did enough to to limit the wide receivers for the Lions there. Uh, and, you know, AP got going. Do we think that the Lions are trying to limit how much Matthew Stafford throws? Or is it just that, you know, just the way that the game kind of played out there for them? And we shouldn't be worried about that against the Saints team. No. So I think a big reason as to how that, why that game played out the way it did is because Kyler Murray threw what, two or three interceptions and kept turning the ball back over to the Lions. So the Lions were able to control the clock the entire game. Basically. I, especially if Michael Thomas plays, I don't see how the saints end up trailing at any point in this game, unless, you know, the Lions come out hot. And even if the Lions come out hot, the saints can, can score points immediately right back because of how bad the Lions defense is. And that we just, I mean, how many times do we see New Orleans just shuts down opposing run games? That's what they do. If if the Lions want to run AP into the Saints defensive front over and over and over again, they're gonna lose right. by by 35 points. Like that's fine. I'll I will I will bet against that happening because the way the Lions have success is through the air in this game. And I just don't think that they can control the game like they did last week at Arizona. And that was because Kyler Murray kept turning the ball over. I I hear you, Maddie. Let's uh let's move it on to running backs here and kind of talk about this this position. And it's very, man. I mean, you're getting Alvin Kamara at the top on DraftKings at 8K, which the prices were already set. But man, does that feel 
way too cheap for yes. what we just saw him do against the Packers. Uh, and then Dalvin Cook, Matty, your your guy last week who you talked about paid off dividends there. He he fumbled to start off, but uh, definitely got Lock there on, on the usage. He's 7,600 going against Houston, a uh, team that we can target running backs against. And then sandwiched between them is Ezekiel Elliott, who we, I, we talked about it with quarterback he didn't really need that many or he didn't see that many rushing attempts um, in a game where they were forced to be throwing uh, at Seattle. But you're looking at the touches here in 22 uh, carries against Atlanta, 22 against the Rams. And he's getting uh, pass catching work, uh, Maddie, which I, I like to see, you know, six targets, I believe, in, in back to back games there. So you're going against a Cleveland team here. He's only 7,800, which I feel like Zeke at that price is just kind of cheap for what he can kind of pay off for you. He is going to be popular, but I, fe- I feel comfortable in, in getting to him and, and maybe even getting some Dak and Zeke exposure this week. But kind of talk to me at the top. What are we doing with Alvin Kamara, who seems to be the 2020 Christian McCaffrey? Yeah, I, I'm team jam them in this week. Uh, Kamara and Dalvin Cook are the two guys at the very top that I'm not going to make a team without those two guys. I We have seen Cleveland has been touching on Zeke. We have seen Cleveland, they limited Baltimore, one of the best rushing attacks in the NFL. They limited Baltimore in week one. Uh, they held Mixon down in week two. And I don't remember who Cleveland played last week, but it was not – there wasn't a good rushing performance on the ground against them either. Um, Cleveland ranks ninth in adjusted line yards, seventh in second level yards allowed, and third in open field yards. It's just they're they're a pass funnel. And so I think if Dallas has success in this game, yet Zeke might go out and run for 70 or 80 yards, which he normally does against better run defenses anyways. But it's not going to be enough for me. You know, he's going to have to score three touchdowns at that yardage total to burn me. And I'm willing to bet against the touchdown variance um, in that regard. So the reasons I love uh, Dalvin Cook is for all the same reasons I don't love Zeke. So you look at Minnesota on the offensive side of the ball. They rank second in adjusted line yards, first and second level yards, and fifth in the open field yards. Then you go to the defensive side of the ball and you go all the way down to where they're playing Houston. And Houston ranks 28th in adjusted line yards, 28th in second level yards, and 30th in open field yards. So you have a top top of the top rushing attack on offense and a bottom of the bottom rushing defense. It is – and Dalvin Cook, like you said, everybody's playing Kamara and Zeke. Dalvin Cook is going to go overlooked once again. And I will sit here and tell you for all the same reasons I played Dalvin last week and the same reasons I played Aaron Jones two weeks ago, play Dalvin Cook this week. He, he might rush for more yards than he ran for last last week, and he ran for 180. So right. <laughs> it's just – and even if for whatever reason Minnesota gets down, Dalvin is still involved in the pass game. So it's not – it's just – it's such a good spot, and he's going to be lower, lower owned than he should be because everybody's playing Zeke $200 more, which is – you know, I understand it. Zeke is so good. Like his floor is so high, but – Man, Dalvin can he can absolutely smash this week, and I will not have a team without Dalvin or Kamara. Right, and I and I think the other thing that makes people feel comfortable about playing Zeke too is that you're not going through pass catcher roulette 
with the Dallas team with right. all three of these receivers being being relevant. And then even Cedric Wilson getting into the mix there in Dallas, which, you know, he kind of got there. There were some injuries, I think, that Lamb was dealing with and uh, Cooper dealt with in that game. Uh, so he was able to see the field, but it, it just is that comfort level, right, Maddie? Of just how how can Zeke disappoint me in this home matchup against Cleveland? It's not possible. Uh, just two hundred dollars more. That's why I was talking about that pricing being tight. So, uh, and and Kamara is after that game, I, his ownership is just going to be there. So yeah, I mean, it's just he's just the he's the optimal play at AK. He should be almost ten K, like we've seen McCaffrey and David Johnson the last and Le'Veon Bell last couple of years. Um, like, even – I hate to say if Michael Thomas plays, he might be limited because I want to play him if he plays. But <laughs> it's just – I know. Like, they don't have – like, we've seen with without Michael Thomas out there, they don't have options to stretch the ball down the field, one. And two, Drew Brees doesn't look like the Drew Brees that we're used to the last however many years. Like, he looks like he wants to just check the ball down more. Um, and – Good luck, good luck tackling Kamara on checkdowns. Like, what's he? Right. What did he catch? Ten passes or something stupid <laughs> last week? It, yeah, it I, saw a, I saw a 14, stat on Twitter. Fourteen, right? Fourteen, or 13, 13 catches on fourteen yeah. targets. I saw a stat on Twitter this week that said Kamara, if you take away all his rushing and just compared him to wide receivers in the passing game, he would be wide receiver number four in PPR scoring. That's ridiculous, and that that's not even including ridiculous. rushing stats. On top of that, like right. he's he's just such a good play against Detroit, you know. And if Latavius Murray scores a touchdown, that's fine. I don't care. Kamara might score three. Yeah, I I uh, I feel like Latavius Murray is kind of getting some some love there, like just because of what Detroit is giving up to running through the running back position. And uh, Chase Edmonds was able to see the field there and kind of get some work um, without Kenyon Drake, uh, kind of needing to be out there to do enough. Speaking of Kenyon Drake, Maddie, let's kind of talk about these mid-tier uh, running backs. And if you're not, well, I shouldn't say that, but maybe you want to just play for one of these top guys and you're looking for other of these uh, other guys to kind of save you some salary. So the guys that I had written down were, were Jonathan Taylor. He's 6,600. He's on the road against Chicago. And it kind of, it kind of feels more like a fan duel play than a DraftKings play because of the pass catching work not being there. And I think Naheem Hines is, is going to you know be healthy for this week, if what I'm seeing is correct. But they've allowed a rushing touchdown in every game uh, this week. They're 25th in yards per carry allowed and 25th in rushing points per game allowed. The Bears, that is. And so we it, the script, I don't think, last week kind of set the tone for them because they were able to just control that game so much with the pick two pick sixes against Sam Donald that they had against the Jets. But if this game kind of stays close, I feel like he will see the touches the 20 touches that we we could see out of out of Taylor and I he's the guy on the ground they want to get him going so I do have some interest there but maybe more so from a FanDuel perspective Kenyon Drake is a guy people are bringing him up in the, in the chat too so he comes in at 6,000 kind of he's let me down so many times already this year Maddie so it's hard for me to go back there but you're looking at this matchup against Carolina that we've targeted running backs against them all all year and it it has to be it has to pay off for him in this spot otherwise 
How, how can we trust them? How can we trust them? Um, and they've been – Carolina D, they've been kind of decent against the pass. So you're you're feeling like Kenyon Drake can be in a get-right spot here. And he's he's very popular again, even though he's he's let some people down. Early, early indications show that he will be popular again. We kind of touched on Joe Mixon at 5,800. But a guy that we both had written down, Maddie, that I want to touch on is, is Mike Davis. And Mike Davis has been seeing pass-catching work against the Arizona Cardinals. This Arizona Cardinals – linebacking core I don't know what they're doing but they're giving up a ton of points there to pass catching backs and you're looking at his targets 17 targets over the past two weeks without McCaffrey being out there and on DraftKings at 5700 if this game is somewhat you know stays somewhat close there um we can you know definitely see him kind of pay off that price tag he Mike Davis feels more like a, a flex play like if you're able to get uh, Camara and Zeke, Camara and Cook, and then you're saying in the flex, oh, let me get Mike Davis, and maybe this guy can kind of get there. I wouldn't want to pivot off of one of those other two top options for him, but I kind of wanted to touch on him for this slate as well. Yeah, I mean, I definitely like Mike Davis for all the reasons you said. Um, I mean, he's a PPR monster because of his volume that he's getting like 17 targets, and and it's it's been basically six quarters. What he come in in like the late third for McCaffrey right. two weeks right. ago. So, yeah, it's been 17 targets in about a game and a half. Um, and w- if you go back and look at – I know Mike Davis has been in the league for a couple of years, but if you go back and look at his college stats, like he caught over 30 passes a few years at South Carolina. So this isn't just a, you know, a random couple-game sample where they're just targeting him just because. Like he has been, he has been a notable good pass catcher ever since college. Um, he just has never had an opportunity in the NFL. So – um, we're finally seeing, you know, I, I wonder, so the question for me on Mike Davis and, and his sustainability over the course of however many weeks he plays is the argument is, you know, they weren't targeting CMC this much. So why would they target, target Mike Davis this much? And yeah. I guess my counter argument to that would be defenses don't, defenses quite simply don't give a shit about Mike Davis. But they do, they do care. They care about CMC. So I I feel like it's part of the game plan to, you know, maybe double team CMC occasionally or, you know, limit him in some ways as best you can. But if I, if Mike Davis is out there, you know, let me focus my coverage on Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore as opposed to Mike Davis. So I just, I wonder if defenses are keying on the Panthers a little differently um, I guess after a couple of weeks, we'll find out if Mike Davis continues to get nine targets a game. But yeah, I mean, 5,700, you can definitely do worse for a pass catching running back. Yeah, man. And, and you know, you're just looking up the I'm looking here as I had it written down uh, the work that they're seeing. You know, Tampa, we see Tampa Bay. They're very stout against the run, but they're giving up the third most targets and receptions to running backs there. So he could you know, he might not give you. He, he might be more of a cash game play, right? He gives you a nice little floor there that you can feel comfortable with in your flex. And maybe maybe he scores a touchdown, maybe not. But really, for a GPP perspective, you kind of need him to score. But he gives you a nice a nice floor there at that. So I want to talk about him. And then, Maddie, I want to talk about Austin Eckler, too. So last week, we were kind of talking about the matchup there against Carolina, how favorable that was um, for them. And you, you we're looking at an Austin Eckler here. We don't like to target um, – 
running backs on the run against them. But again, another team that's that's giving up a ton of points um, to receiving backs as well. And and we're looking at 11, you know, since Herbert has been the starter here and we hope that he remains the starter because he's just good for everybody in this offense. Keenan Allen loves him. Uh, uh, Eckler's loving him. He goes 31 last week against Carolina and another good matchup for him. Uh, he's just seeing so, so much work and he's 7,100. So it's a kind of awkward price tag to play for a running back on the road. That is, you know, kind of splitting time there with Kelly, if that's how you think, and maybe this game's closer and, and Kelly could be used, but they, he was, Kelly was scripted out of last week's game. And Eckler is by far the leaps and downs number one here. So at 7,100, I do have a little bit of interest um, in, in in Eckler to get leverage plays on, especially on DraftKings. Um, when I'm kind of looking around there and see, you know, I don't really want to play Jacobs against Buffalo. Uh, don't want to play Nick Chubb at 7K. And, you know, if I'm looking to p- play Taylor, who doesn't really catch passes, I should be looking at uh, Eckler for just 500 more. Yeah, I mean, guy saw eleven targets last week. I, it's hard to argue with that. Um, but the only the only argument I have for Eckler is Tampa Bay has been a top run defense, just like New Orleans. Um, yeah. Which, and like you said, you're not playing. You're not necessarily playing Eckler for the rushing upside. You're playing him for his pass catching ability, assuming they're trailing um, and hoping he catches a, a receiving touchdown or two. Um, I don't hate it. I probably won't get there this week because I already love Dalvin and Kamara way more, and they're just a little bit more expensive. And then I also really like James Robinson for 600 less um, going up against that Cincinnati defense that we talked about you can run on. Um, Cincinnati ranks 23rd in adjusted line yards, 27th in second level yards, and 25th in open field yards. And meanwhile, the Jacksonville offensive line is actually blocked really well. So they rank eighth in, adjust, in the line yards and then 16th and 11th in the second and open. So th- they have had success on the ground, and this is a really good rushing matchup. And even when um, they're not running the ball, we have seen James Robinson heavily utilized in the pass game as well. Um, I think he had six targets for like 80 yards last week. So, I mean, the, the guy is he's he is the sole reason they let Leonard Fournette go is because of how surprised they were with him in camp. Um, and he has shown a, a ability to run and catch the football. Um, this is a good defense to do it against. He's their goal line guy. He's going to score touchdowns. Um, I just don't see, you know, 6,500, you're getting a ton of volume in both the rushing and pass catching game. So he's Robinson is 6,500 feels weird to, to pay for him there, but I mean, his, his role is secure enough and the matchup's good enough that I, I think he's going to be a main play for me this week. Yeah. Wow. Main play. Yeah. I, I think I would rank him point per dollar. I would rank him as probably, he's probably tied with David Johnson for probably my third or fourth favorite running back behind cook and Kamara and to, with factoring in salary. No, all, all the reasons yeah. we say about James Robinson, you can apply those to David Johnson with his secure role and touchdown equity and, pass game usage and good matchup. Right. Um, and David Johnson's a great pivot off Deshaun Watson chalk. chalk. So, um, yeah, I, I really like both of those guys. And that's – I'm, I'm going to have a really tight pool at running back this week. 
That's fair. Uh, so no interest in Singletary if Moss is out. Again, I know his price was kind of cheap last week that got people on him. Um, if Moss is not able to go against this Raiders team, could he could he find himself could he find himself in a good spot? Yes, Las Vegas, you can you can run on them, but man, at the same time, all the same things we said about Seattle, you can say about Buffalo, and they're a bit, they're wanting to throw the ball more, especially on early downs. Um, Singletary was popular last week. If Moss is out, uh, he's probably likely going to be popular again. Um, so yeah, I man, it just feels it feels thin to play Singletary this week at fifty nine hundred when you've got right. Mike Davis is cheaper than him. David Johnson's cheaper than him. Um, Drake is right there, which I feel like Drake's a trap this week. If he can't, if he can't do it, against, dude. If he can't do it against Detroit, who's he going to do it against? I'm telling you, man. It really it, uh, it it's now never and and we didn't even touch on. So Hopkins pops up on the injury report, right? Just all of a sudden, he's yeah. now on the injury report, and he's in jeopardy of of possibly missing this game. Uh, if he doesn't see practice on Friday. So now without Hopkins out there, you're looking at Keyshawn Johnson, Andy Isabella, maybe Kirk's back, but he's still limited, and Larry Fitzgerald being their receiving option. So Drake might be just forced into work based off of you're losing the number one target share guy in the NFL. Yeah, no, that's that's no, it's definitely a valid point. Um, I would probably, man, yeah, I mean they're playing Carolina. It's such a bad defense that they don't even need need Hopkins to be able to move the ball. I guess right. they would have to be forced to throw more targets to Drake, right? Yeah, or or even uh, Derek's here on Periscope talking about how Edmonds is out targeting Drake as well too. So maybe we Dude, see more. Yeah, more so I wrote up I wrote up Edmonds <laughs> as a, as a waiver wire pickup and stash this week because. I think that there's a chance Edmonds could just straight up win the job over Drake. I mean, we even last year we saw, you know, wow. once DJ, you know, he started looking dusty because I guess he was playing through an injury. And right. then Drake came in and took over and DJ never saw the job again. So it, it sounds like Kingsbury wants to have a one-man system basically for the most part. And Edmonds, you know, the whole Drake in a boot thing in camp, Boots are not precautionary, no matter what the Cardinals are telling you. You don't put a boot for precautionary reasons. That was yeah. reactive to something that was going on in his foot. And I guarantee you, he has not looked as explosive this year because he's playing through an injury. And if we get to the end of the year, it's going to be just like OBJ was last year where I should have gotten surgery or something, but I chose not to and played through it. Like It's going to be something like that because Drake should not just – do nothing against that Detroit Lions run defense that we saw last week. It, it, right. <laughs> I just, it, like I said, if he can't do it, and that's kind of how I felt like with the, the Eagles team last week when they, yeah. you know, get a tie in the fr- against that game, it, the Bengals is ridiculous. But uh, yeah, this is definitely, this is the spot he needs to blow up in. He, that, that's what you drafted him for yeah. uh, in your redraft leagues. That's what you have him on your, your teams for. And so, yeah, if he, if it's not this week or, you know, God forbid Edmonds goes out there and looks better than him, like you're saying that it, it could be tough. Uh, I just wanted to make a correction there. So I was reading off some stats for Eckler there with Mike Davis. I got those mixed up, but him going against Arizona, they're, they're not allowing that many targets and, re- and uh, receptions to run 
pass catching running backs, but they are allowing the fifth most yards there and two touchdowns to pass catching running backs, which still makes them uh, pretty solid there. Before we move on to wide receiver, Maddie, I just wanted to uh, touch on the situation here as I'm talking about playing Jared Goff for the Rams. How, how are we feeling about Daryl Henderson? Uh, and I haven't seen any injury reports from the Rams. So before we get into this, I don't know what acre status is. You might know, but it's against the Giants. Uh, you're looking last week against Buffalo, 20 attempts, and he should definitely be able to see that if he's the guy in the backfield this week and 100 yards against Buffalo. It definitely makes me, you know, interested in playing him he he's kind of one of those guys too where i feel like him and jonathan taylor i i would much rather play them on FanDuel, where the touchdown equity carries so much weight if they score them not catching as many passes but he could just get there on a sure unsure play if they get up big against the giants and need to just run him so what if i told you buffalo is a is a really bad run defense i'd say tell me more they rank 24th in adjusted line yards on defense and 26th in second level yards, which uh, we didn't talk about Josh Jacobs, but I think he's a, a very, very good large field tournament play this week at like zero ownership. Um, yeah, Buffalo has sneaky been a good pass defense and a run funnel. So I, it doesn't surprise me that Henderson went out and had a good game last week. And then flip the script to this week, you've got the New York Giants, who we would assume are bad, but they actually rank seventh in adjusted line yards and ninth in second level yards. So you've got a Giants team who's a pass funnel and a Buffalo team last week who was a run funnel. And I just think I think the Giants are going to look more to attack with with golf than they do Henderson. Um, granted, if Akers Rams, is, yeah, yeah, if Akers is out again, um, Henderson's volume is going to be good enough. But at the same time, if Malcolm Brown is the one that gets hot, I could see McVay just saying Malcolm Brown go out there and get the most most carries like they did in week one. It's right. McVay's going to go with a hot hand approach. Um, yeah. Obviously, Henderson's the more talented, but. If these guys are, if these guys are, you know, and we, they told us before the season, it's going to be a committee back and we you know, acres yeah. in week one looks nice. Malcolm Brown comes in, looks nice. Henderson comes in, looks nice. They're just going to go roulette. I feel like this whole year and, and we may, we may just be point chasing there and you're looking at Henderson's price tag at 5,800. You got Drake, Singletary, Mike Davis, David Johnson all yeah. around him. Uh, it's crazy. And then one more guy, Maddie, before we move on to wide receivers that I want to touch on is Ronald Jones. It looks like the, it looks like Fournette will be out. He's 4,700 going against the chargers. It doesn't make you feel great about it, but he could be the only guy there. And he was seeing some pass catching work with Tom Brady before Fournette was kind of getting into the fold there. So without any Fournette, it should just be his backfield at 4,700. Even in this matchup, do you have interest? Oh, I mean, you have to, right? Because of volume, it doesn't feel good, but 4,700, I guess you could do worse, but I will say, I will say the way builds are taking me this week, there are a handful of 45 to 5k wide receivers that I feel really confident in that I would probably rather play because I feel like they can have a ceiling game as opposed to Ronald Jones. Yes, yes. And and let's let's go into wide receiver, Maddie, because this there, this is where we can have a lot of fun this week. And so we have Hopkins at the top at eighty five hundred. He's the only AK wide receiver. Uh, if he if he plays in this matchup, I, I definitely have a ton of interest in him. Just when you're looking at 
I mean, what he's offering you, right? He's caught 80 percent of his of his targets this year. The floor is so solid um, with him. Evans and, and Allen both had great weeks. Mike Evans and Keenan Allen both had great weeks against this Carolina secondary. So if he's out there, I definitely have interest in him. But you, you've been talking about Mike Thomas and he's 7600. That feels like so cheap for a Mike Thomas that actually has a shot at playing going against this Detroit team there um, that doesn't have Darius Slay anymore. And he can definitely, we know, blow that price tag up. Uh, we have the Seattle wide receivers coming in. Lockett gets the boost here only by 200, but he's the more, uh, he's the higher price one on DraftKings. But you're looking at DK Metcalf, Maddie, and like he's, I have more interest playing him this week. I feel like he's going to be on the outside there. Um, we don't know what, what's going on with Byron Jones, I don't think, but if he's out, he was I, limited. He was limited. Okay, yeah. so he could be back. So that could maybe change things for me. But if he has a chance to miss, you're looking at 90 receiving yards in every game that he's been out there. It gets you exposure to that Miami game. I feel like, you know, I, not having a Seattle receiver because we saw Lockett just did it last week with three touchdowns. Metcalf should have had two. Um, he feels like a solid play. Uh, but, yeah, I want to, you know, let, maybe let's start at the top and then we'll kind of go from there. But you, you like Michael Thomas this week, Maddie. Uh, what's what's sticking out to you? Is it just the price tag? It's because it's Michael Thomas. He's coming back. Do you have any worry about him coming back from from injury here in this game with it being a soft tissue hamstring? Or is it just wheels up if Michael Thomas is out out there? It, I, it's just really hard for me to not play him at 7,600 if he plays. Um, because, I mean, what are they? They're... I guess they are one and two, right? So they are kind of, you know, fighting for their life. Right. But at the same time, I mean, he's like one of their franchise players. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, it's, it's, I it's think they a, need they need to get right, though. They need to get right off of these they losses. Have, they have literally nobody else in the past game. Like Emmanuel Sanders has been non-existent. Jared yeah. Cook's been okay, but he's hurt. He might not even play. Um, it's literally just been Alvin Kamara and they need a boost in the pass game. And if he plays against Detroit at $7,600, I just, especially on my Detroit team, like if I'm stacking Stafford, Galladay and Marvin Jones, I will play Michael Thomas on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. I, because and- I, you need the saints to go nuclear in that situation. And if he's playing, there's a good chance that he's involved. Right. Oh, 100%. And you're looking at this price tag and this, you know, 76, we're, we were building around the Seattle pass catchers last week. They, they were in the 6,000s, but we were still being able to pay up for some guys who are in the $7,000 range. And, you know, you take take some value there at running back or you, you know, punt defense and you get a cheap tight end and you can definitely get him into your lines. We talked about Fitzpatrick, right? He's 5,400. So if you're playing Fitzpatrick to get exposure to that game, then you can definitely fit in Michael Thomas and you play him and Kamara, like you said, and you're getting pretty much all the new Orleans work there. So there's, it's so hard to pass up on playing Michael Thomas because this could be the last time you get him at under 8k. Yeah. um, I mean, he was nine 9k in week one. Right. 9K in week one. Unbelievable. Plus, he has the Q tag. So even, you know, if he's if he practices tomorrow, you know, he's playing. Right. And but even if it's somewhat limited or whatever um, and he still ends up suiting up on Sunday, he his ownership will not be anywhere where it should be. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not looking at that that first game game log either. 
Tampa Bay's got a good defense this year, like all around, even mm-hmm. against the pass. So I'm not I'm not gonna let that dictate me not playing Michael Thomas against Detroit. If he it, man, if he's out there, I you gotta at least have some exposure to him at 7,600. Just because if he is like even 90%, he can run circles around those corners. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's tough to get off him, man. So, so you're, you know, you got Michael Thomas here at, at 76. I think that Tyreek Hill, I, I have some interest in playing him. Uh, New England matchup that, that we should expect points in this game. It, it seems like in these matchups in the past, Matty, that, uh, the real focus has kind of been don't let Kelsey get going. Don't let Kelsey get going. And we just saw that again with the Raiders, like, and they don't, I'm not saying they have anywhere near the receiving corps that that Kansas city does, but he was like, take Darren Waller out, take Darren Waller out. And that's kind of what Belichick preaches. And so at 6,900 with Hill, I was kind of looking into his past matchups against new England. And we know that they have guys on their defense who are sitting out this year. And he's put up seven, 133 and one against them, seven, 142 and three against them, six for 62, one for 42. And that one for 42, you know, he's an explosive guy. I, I, we've seen it. So he can definitely take one to the house. And if he scores, then you're get you're just getting work, you know, everywhere else across, uh, across the field with him. And, and yes, I know they have, they have Hardman out there. They have Kelsey, they have walk-ins, they have CEH, all these other guys who can throw, but the big play ability really, you know, starts and ends with Hill. I think Hardman, he's shown that he has that against Baltimore as well too, but you definitely like the numbers there in that matchup. So I was talking about playing Pat Mahomes and I do like getting a Pat Mahomes Tyreek Hill team. If I was building three teams uh, to get exposed to that game, let's, let's talk about the mid tier. Cause I know you have uh, a lot to talk about here in the cheap tier and, and one guy we, we both like, but the mid tier, I just wanted to kind of touch on these guys, you know, Amari Cooper, I, I talked about there being so many guys to choose from, but really he is the one for Dak, right? You're looking at targets of 12, 9, and 14 to start the season. He hasn't scored in any game yet, but he's still putting up 17, 19, 18 consistently. If this guy finds the end zone, you're looking at close to a 25, 30-point game out of him, Uh you know, with the with the target share that he's seeing in Dallas um, that is just, you know, still carrying it's carrying its weight there. So I like getting some exposure uh, to Cooper. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on Mike Evans. Um, I don't really have any, but we know that Godwin now is going to be out uh, for this game. So and Arians has talked at lengths about getting Mike Evans double digit targets in every game that they that they play in. And so, okay, let's, let's see it again. Can you get that in a, a not positive script for him, but he will be the guy out there and Scott Miller's banged up and they have Justin Watson and we don't know what the tight ends are doing. So there's that uh, the Rams wide receivers. I think I'd probably plant my flag on Robert Woods. He just, he seemed to be the more consistent one and people will look at what cup just did against Buffalo, but the slot is where you can attack Buffalo. And I think that's what kind of got cup going here. And, uh, I think Woods has the better matchup this week. And then uh, one guy I want to touch on, and I'll give it to you, Maddie, is is DJ Moore. And so DJ Moore is 5,600. This was people's wide receiver ones coming into the year. They they love DJ Moore. You, had to, you couldn't leave drafts without him. And he's now tied to Teddy Bridgewater, who just, I don't know, they're not on the same page, can't get him the ball. But 
another guy we're looking at here who hasn't scored a touchdown this year. You liked what you saw against Tampa Bay, seeing 13 targets there for 120. Um, but outside of that, you know, you're looking at eight and nine. So the floor is definitely scary. But I have it written down here, Maddie, and I just wanted to walk through this with you. So uh, the Arizona unit as a whole this year, they've only allowed 27 catches, 365 yards and two touchdowns to wide receivers. But wide receiver ones or if you look at they played San Francisco in week one, I think. Uh, Bourne had like three for 50 or something like that, but Kittle went for four for 44. Then you look at Terry McLaurin with Haskins, who's ass seven for 125 and one. Then you look at Galladay last week, six for 57 and one. So wide receiver ones are really getting work against this unit here. And Patrick Peterson, you know, it doesn't worry me um, from a GPP perspective. I like getting some exposure to DJ Moore here in a game that should be paced up. And if Arizona is able to get some points on him, Teddy B will have to throw. And at 5,600, I feel like that's cheap enough to get exposure to a guy that should, that has the talent and can do it on any given week. Absolutely. I, I have no, no counter arguments to playing DJ Moore this week uh, in this spot, especially at his price. I guess the only, the only probably, Concern is he's probably going to be very popular. Um, I think he's yep. – if, if you play cash games, you play DJ Moore. Um, right. In tournaments, you can maybe look elsewhere because there are some some good options in that range, like OBJ if he plays. Um, there are pivots for tournaments, but I think DJ Moore at 5,600 makes a ton of sense. So so talk to me about some of those pivots, Matty, because I know you have some guys that are – even around his price tag or cheaper than DJ Moore comes in this week. Yeah. So, I mean, we talked about, uh, we talked about Kenny Galladay at 6k. He's a little bit more expensive, um, but he's the wide receiver one going up against New Orleans with possibly without Lattimore. Um, then we, on the v- very same team, you've got Marvin Jones at 4,900, which I can't tell you the last time Marvin Jones was fell below 5k. Uh, but it just feels like a spot where, you know, they got, they're getting Galladay back. It's not going to be a game where they can just run the football and control the game. They're going to have to throw. Um, Galladay takes away most of the attention uh, and gets the top corners, and the defense pays him, you know, the most attention. And so Marvin Jones really excels when Galladay is, is out on the field because of that f- effect that Galladay has uh, on the defense. So I really like Marvin Jones at 4,900. You've got Golden Tate going up against uh, Troy Hill. And for the Rams, so Troy Hill, he was good last year, but he was playing outside corner with okay. Ro- with Roby Coleman moving to Philly. Uh, Troy Hill has become the slot corner for for the Rams, and he has not been nearly as good. So last year, he gave up a forty five percent completion rate and a sixty one uh, passer rating, and that was across fourteen games. This year. Wow. He's allowed 19 catches on 20 targets <laughs> for 95% completion rate. Check the uh, box. A 91 passer rating, and he's given up uh, uh, 11 yards per completion. So wow. Golden Tate gets a great, you know, they're without Sterling Shepard. Um, they have no running backs. They're likely going to be pl- playing from behind. Slots have killed Troy Hill all year. Um, it's just... 4,600 is too cheap for a, uh, a guy who can go out and catch you eight passes for 80 or 90 yards and a touchdown and get you mid-20s. So 
I do really like Golden Tate this week for cheap. Um, you mentioned the slots against the Bills, absolutely shredding them. Yep. It's it's Hunter Renfro. Like, how do you make <laughs> yeah. how do you make a team without Hunter Renfro this week? Considering what he did down the stretch last year, uh, considering the matchups he matchup he's in, right? And considering Henry Ruggs and and Edwards are out this week, right? And people want to play Zay Jones for the revenge narrative. No, give me the slot. <laughs> give me the slot receiver that has absolutely torched Buffalo through three weeks. Right. Absolutely. And he's 100%. what, 4,500? 4, 4,600 4, on DraftKings. Yeah. You got to love it. And then even right there, 4,500 below them, you've got T. Higgins in that pass funnel game against Jacksonville. I would, I would assume Jacksonville put C.J. Henderson on A.J. Green, considering he's by far their best corner. Um, if they don't, then that means C.J. Henderson's on T. Higgins, and that would, you know, not be ideal. But, I mean, he can still right. catch passes, and he's only 4,500 in a pass funnel. So, I do like T. Higgins as well. And he got okay. – final. They, they had John Ross inactive last week for the first time. So, they, it's like they made a conscious effort to get him the ball. And what do you see, nine right. targets, ten targets? Yep, yep. That's what I'm looking at right now. Nine yeah, so, targets. Yeah, nine mm-hmm. targets. So And he, he caught two touchdowns. So, Burrow was looking his way in, in the end zone. Yeah, man, he he came out he came out and ready to play. You know, kid gets the opportunity, takes advantage of it. Yeah. So, what, talking about rookies, what are you doing with Justin Jefferson? <sighs> Holding my nose and praying that he doesn't. Go, I mean, that's a career game for him. Like, right? Is he getting 175 yards again this season? Probably not. So, you know. I, you missed out on him last week against Tennessee. You just you shake the other people's hand that played him. And it made sense in that in that game script because it was Minnesota and Tennessee was jumping off of the page with the high total there. And I guess Houston and in, in this game against Houston is too to a certain extent. But now, you know, now he's on the radar. Now he's fifty two hundred. And last week you were getting him at forty two hundred, a thousand dollar price increase. And we know what his floor is. You know, so if it's Adam Thielen this week, three three targets, three targets in those first two games. I just I'm not going to be chasing a guy who's priced right around the likes of CeeDee Lamb, Robbie Anderson, uh, Marvin Jones, like you touched on. Uh, it it just I, I won't do it. I, Edelman at fifty seven hundred against the Chiefs, where I know he actually has a sustainable floor there. I'd much rather play him. Uh, so. I, I can't go back there. I just man, what if what if Jefferson is about to get the Stephon Diggs role and get eight to ten targets a game and he's facing Vernon Hargraves as his cornerback matchup? And oh we know God. how Tampa bad Hargraves Bay Vernon. Tampa we, Bay yes. Vernon Hargraves. <laughs> yes. We know how bad Hargraves is. Because oh, Bradley man. Roby, so PFF has Bradley Roby slated to shadow uh Thielen. They've got okay. him as he's gonna follow him around. So if that's the case, Thielen's only been playing 17% of his snaps in the slot, whereas Jefferson and Chad Beebe have been playing 60 and 82% in the slot. So you're getting Vernon Hargraves, some combo of Hargraves and Eric Murray. Um, Jesus. Yeah, that's, the, that's why I asked, because I, th- I feel like he's going to well, be popular, and the game is so, such a high total, but he's in right. such a good matchup. 
Right. So so here's here's my fear with with that, Maddie, is that, um, you know, Je- Justin Jefferson, I feel like and I, I'd have to go back and see because I, di- I don't I didn't watch that game back in its entirety. But, you know, when he's going out there and he has one hundred and seventy five, he's definitely putting up production, but he had a seventy one yard bomb. So, uh, you know, outside of that bomb. Okay, yeah, he got you 100 yards because of the volume there. But you're talking about playing Dalvin Cook, how favorable of a matchup it is for Dalvin Cook. So my fear here is that Houston has showed us in no way, shape or form that they're going to take a one to two or more touchdown lead against their opponents. So, you know, if this game's close, I feel like they could just still be feeding Dalvin or if they get up with Dalvin in this game and Houston's forced to throw, they could just be running out with them. So I, I, I just don't know if we, we're going to see the necessary volume there if if Houston can't capitalize on opportunities on the other side, which Vegas is telling us they might be able to. But, you know, I, I need to see it, I think. Yeah, man. Jefferson's getting 26 percent of the air yards and 20 percent of the target share. So, so you know, you're playing him, and I know, Maddie, you only play three three teams. So, yeah, and, and I'm one who's willing to open it up to to twenty max, and I'm really not finding. You know, it's Thursday right now, so that could change if I get some Deshaun teams going. But as of right now, I, I don't see myself having any when I'm looking at Devontae Parker, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, CD Lamb, uh, these guys around him. So, who are you willing to? You know, you're willing to play him over these other guys here? Oh, that's what I'm still trying to figure out. <laughs> Marvin Joe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely, if, if OBJ plays, I wouldn't play him over OBJ at 5,800. I wouldn't play him over Devonte Parker at 5,700. Uh, DJ Moore. I probably wouldn't play him over him at 5,600. Um, CD lamb. He gets lamb has the best matchup against Cleveland, you tack Cleveland in the slot um, because they've got Denzel Ward who can, they can run out on the outside, which I think Mm -hmm. he popped up. He might've popped up questionable today. I can't remember. Okay. And I know Um, he's been battling some injuries. Okay. So it might've been consistent. Yeah. Might've been a a injury he's been fighting through. Um, Yeah. Justin Jefferson, 52. Marvin Jones, 49. Yeah. Then you get to that next tier of the 45 to 4,900. Man, I don't. Yeah. So and 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 also like are you are you going into builds, Maddie? And you're saying uh, outside of the Fitzpatrick teams, I don't think you're playing a Dolphins unless you have Fitzpatrick. But the Seattle wide receivers are. What are you doing with them? They so, so DK's easy. If Byron Jones plays, I'm not playing DK. Okay. Because I and yes, I know I he torched Stephon Gilmore. Um, but at the same time, Byron Jones is his strength. Byron's strength is to match up with size guys. So Dallas used him a lot when he first came in the league. He actually had him at safety guarding tight ends because that is his strength is to play up in size um, and be really physical and especially on the deep balls. So I just I am really concerned. Like that's Byron Jones's strength is defending the big physical receiver down the field. Um which is what DK does. And without Anthony Brown and having to start Jordan Lewis in the slot, I just it just feels like another Tyler Lockett game. I just man, yeah. it is it is tough to pay 7k for Tyler Lockett. I know, man. I know. 
when you're looking at, I mean, he did have, I want to make sure I get it right there. So, I mean, how many times is Lockett going to catch two one yard touchdowns in the same game? <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, you know, when DK's out there showboating before he gets the end zone and fumbles, and he did catch his touchdown late. I get that. But it, I mean, Russ was just, okay, Lockett's there. I'm finding him. Let's go. Uh, he scored 40. Um, they, uh, it was ridiculous. I mean, and he, the production, we, we're seeing that same production. It's just the touchdowns. He got three. He only had one in the previous two games. So, yeah, if he's going to go out there and get three scores, hell, yeah, that's worth it. But you have to be sure that you're getting that. Because um, it's what's he got to get at 7K to burn me? 30-something? 35? Yeah. Because like he if, gets, he, if he gets mid-20s, I'm matching him with running backs I'm playing, right? Yeah, I, the, the three-touchdown thing, that's an anomaly. So you're saying he gets two. You take off one there. So that's about right right under 35 with the 100-yard. He just got the 100-yard DK bonus for three points, too. So actually, you're looking at if he doesn't get 100 yards and he didn't have that third touchdown, that's 30 points. Yeah, and if you, even if you go back to last year, Lockett has never re- – like he shows a great floor – but he doesn't have right. like this massive ceiling. Right. And so this is week three against Dallas was the first time we've really seen a Lockett ceiling. Cause like look at week one and week two where Seattle scored 38 and 35 points. Lockett had 17 and 19 DraftKings points. Right. If he gets 17 or 19 and I pay 7K for him, I'm toast. Right. Exactly. And, and you're not, pl- you're not playing him. I don't feel like unless you're playing Russ too. So it really doesn't like DK, I feel like, is the guy you can play without Russ because he is just so explosive. But like as much as Lockett is doing with, you know, the catches and everything, like all of his volume directly tied and correlated to Russell Wilson. That's why you want to play Lockett with Wilson. But DK could go out there. Doom, it's bomb. 50 yarder touchdown. Okay. We're already talking about 12 points. Now you get another couple more catches. Now you're, you know, you're around 20 and it's only $200 saving, but the upside I feel like can be more boom because of those big plays than with Lockett. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. Uh, Okay. And then uh, just before we move on to tight end, let's just touch on some of these guys down here. So uh, I saw somebody bring up Nelson Aguilar before. I, I don't want him. I'm playing Renfro, and just that's my Raiders exposure. But Aguilar is in the 3K range. I think 3,400 is where I saw him. Um, so I want to touch on that. And then another 3,400 is Justin Watson, like I said, uh, with Chris Godwin being out. Um, Mike Evans will be there. He'll, you know, he'll get a majority of the work, but Scott Miller is also on the injury report. So if he doesn't go, Justin Watson should be in for, uh, you know, more volume already there. Are you, do you have any interest in those guys? And I guess I'll throw in David Moore as we just got a question there about 3,400 for him as well. Yeah. So David Moore, which is weird because isn't David's usually known as a field stretcher, right? Which what I'm looking at is only got him as an A dot of four yards per target. Yeah, Which, I mean he's he's had a th- he got that thirty eight yarder against New England, but then you know his other longs on the season have been eighteen and two. Yeah, so man, if they're not using him in that downfield stretching role, then I don't want David Moore because that's where he gets minimal targets as it is. So you need you know that three catches for seventy yards in a touchdown kind of game. 
for him right. to pay off. Right. Because that's I've, 16 points at 3,400. And, and at that point, I'd almost rather just pay 1K more and punt it like tight end and defense. Because there are some cheap tight ends you can play this week, which we can talk about. Yeah, man. Let's get into tight end because we're, we're right. We're right on there. Uh, we're keeping it moving along here as we're right around the one fifteen mark. And, uh, you know, we we got our tight ends and, and really we, we saw in week one that we were getting a lot of a lot. You know, we had high price with Kelsey and Kittle and Andrews on the slate and then mid tier guys and then kind of cheap guys. And now this uh, situation is kind of, you know, reaching uh, the tier is strong, Maddie, is what I'm trying to say. The tier is strong. You got Kelsey at the top at 6,800. Andrews at 6K, which I like, going against Washington. Very favorable spot for him, and we know how much Lamar loves him. Uh, hopefully he can catch the ball this week as he wasn't against Kansas City. Uh, Tyler Higby comes in at 5,700. Cook is on questionable, so I'll let you talk about that for who his replacement could be because he's 5,400 in a, in a good matchup there. Darren Waller at 5,200. Uh, looking to bounce back against the uh, going against the uh, Patriots last week, now gets the Bills, and then Gasecki at fifty one hundred, and then you're already into the four K range, and there are some good good guys down here. Um, you know, I talk about Dalton Schultz. Cleveland's been a team that we've targeted tight ends against um, for some time now, and Dalton Schultz, even with uh, so many receivers who are seeing the field last week, six targets, uh, and Cedric Wilson got run and was able to put up some points that broke into that, uh, 10 targets against the Atlanta Falcons, 22 DK points. And then week one, uh, you know, we still had, uh, Blake Jarwin still out there before he got hurt. So, but Dalton Schultz in that matchup, I, I definitely like getting some exposure to him and, uh, and yeah, man, I think I'm going to play, you know, if I can make the salary work with some of these cheap guys, I like getting exposure to Mark Andrews anytime uh, that he's on the slate. It just it allows me to get exposure to uh, Lamar Jackson. His Mark Andrews is leaps and bounds his favorite target. Um, Marquise Brown, he maybe could get there sometimes, but you're really looking for those explosive plays from him. And Andrews is just, he's reaping in everything, man. I mean, eight targets last week, only three against Houston. That's kind of an anomaly. You won't see that, but then six targets against Cleveland in week one with those two touchdowns. If he scores a touchdown, basically you'll, you'll get there, but six K you, you really need him to score. I, I know it um, for him to pay off, but I do like always getting some exposure to him. Uh, and then, TJ Hawkinson was the other guy I went to talk about. I was on him last week, uh, and I think I was just a week too early here. You're going against this New Orleans team. Uh, you know, we might be saying, have yourself a day, TJ. You got seven targets last week against Arizona, another team we like to target against. And it was really, it was just so frustrating, Maddie, because I'm watching Jesse James get a touchdown, then get another end zone target. And finally, we get Hawkinson with the end zone target late, but it doesn't convert. Uh, but TJ, he should really be able to eat in this matchup. I don't, I don't see how he doesn't. Um, you're loving the price tag in the 4K range for him. Uh, and, you know, I'm not really – I like Kenny Galladay and I like uh, Marvin Jones too, but this guy's cheaper than both of them in a, t- a tight end position that I really just don't like to think about. So I like, I like getting exposure to uh, that game through him. What are you thinking for tight end? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I think you, you know, you nailed it right on the head with most of these guys. Um, I do like that that Hawkinson call. 
Uh, we've seen New Orleans get shredded by tight ends over and over again through three weeks. Um, and as I mentioned, I like Stafford. Uh, but the, the couple of pump plays I just wanted to touch on, um, Adam Troutman, if Jared Cook is out. <laughs> uh, yes. he's, uh, he's only got a handful of targets this year because Cook has been playing, but he seems to be – Josh Hill is not going to be their pass-catching tight end. Uh, Troutman will be. Um, if you actually pull him up on playerprofiler.com, uh, the athletic comparable to Troutman is Dallas Goder, if that gives you any idea, oh any idea into his size and, and athletic profile. So, um, yeah, I, Troutman's the next pass catcher at tight end there. Uh, we know you can target uh, Detroit with tight ends. So uh, 2500 is the men price. Uh, if Cook is out, I, it will be very hard for me to get off Troutman, especially, you know, if, if Michael Thomas doesn't play. But even if he does – Drew Brees has made it a main staple uh, to target tight ends uh, in that yep. offense. So uh, I really do like him at, at men price this week. And the other guy, other two guys, uh, Jordan Akins, if you are playing Deshaun Watson, I think he's a great pivot off of, uh, we didn't talk about it, but Brandon Cooks is like yes. one, of the most, one of the most popular wide receivers this week. And I will not play a popular Brandon Cooks. That's so um, unfortunate. So, yeah, he's 4,600. I saw that. I saw yeah, that. so he's popular. So I love uh, Jordan Akins as a pivot off of Brandon Cooks for $3,300. Um, going against Minnesota, who has given up 200 receiving yards to the tight end position in three games. Um, and then the other guy is if DeAndre Hopkins is out. Our boy, Dan the man. At oh, some we're point, back at it. <laughs> at some point, he's going to score a touchdown. We're it's back coming. at it. But okay. it, that's that's only if Hopkins is out is is I will have interest in in Dan the man. So it's going to mm-hmm. be if Cook and Hopkins play, Akins will be my cheap guy. If Cook is out, Troutman will be my cheap guy. And if Hopkins is out, I will put I will mix in some Arnold. Twenty seven hundred Dan Arnold. I mean, because like you said it. with Kenyon Drake, right? They just won't have anybody to pass to, especially right. especially in the red zone. Because Hopkins steals all those targets down down and close. So, yeah, in twenty seven hundred, I mean, dude finds the end zone. You're chilling. You're good. Yeah, you're chilling. So, yeah, I I hear you there. Um, and this is this has been a year too where outside of maybe one or two tight end games, there haven't really been any guys flirting with a hundred yard games. It's it's been you hunt touchdowns at the tight end position. Yeah. And I mean, some of these cheap guys, they can catch two touchdowns. And speaking of hunting for for touchdowns here, um, Dawson Knox, he could be back for Buffalo. And Croft is getting touchdowns. And the other guy for Buffalo is getting touchdowns last week. I think they had two or three touchdowns to uh, the tight end position. So they're going against the Raiders team, Maddie, and I don't have their their stats in front of me. Um, of how they've defended the position. I think I think definitely pretty well. Yeah, I'm looking here. Only seven catches allowed, 66 yards. They do have a touchdown allowed here. But Josh Allen's willing to throw, and they get in the red zone, and I think anybody's viable. He's 3,500, I think, on DraftKings. So he's, and he's coming back from a concussion. It's not really a, a significant injury that we have to worry about. Um, we've seen guys come back from con- concussions and be fine, so. I just wanted to throw that in there, maybe maybe for Kev's sake. I know he he always <laughs> loves talking about these these Buffalo tight ends. So, uh, yeah, man, I think 
I do oh, like boy. the Schultz call. I'll just say, I mean, Cleveland is so bad against the tight end position. I I, yeah, I, like, I love the Schultz call if you have the salary to make it work. Yeah, if you right, exactly. If you have the salary, I mean, he's right there, kind of around Evan Ingram going against the Rams, Hunter Henry, um, you know, Greg Olson. I, I don't know how people are are playing Austin Hooper, but I saw him getting some ownership too. So I think he he's a nice pivot at forty three. It kind of just is not a range you're looking at for this week. Um, yeah, he it's could go under the radar. Yeah. Let's talk about defense this week, Maddie, uh, as we get ready to wrap up and go into our build for this week. But defense, man, it's ugly. And we've we've gotten away with paying down for defense um, all season long. And, yeah, you know, I last week, I think, was the first time I played over 3K for a defense. It was the Patriots. I felt pretty good about their spot at home going against the Raiders um, and Carr. And it didn't. It, it kind of looked like it might not pay off, but man, they weren't able to capitalize on red zone opportunities. So I, I definitely took that to the bank if them not allowing that many points. But this week, man, I, I really think that it's tough here, right? So you got Ravens at the top at 4K going against Washington, Rams at the top going to 3,900 going against the Giants, uh, Bills against the Raiders. And then after that, it's like, I don't want to look at anybody, but I will <laughs> say, you know, uh, so if it, if it was a cheap D and it makes me nervous because you're talking about Dalvin Cook on the other side and things like that, but they, they do have Kirk Cousins still. And if Houston can find themselves in a, in a positive game script to where they get up and they're forcing Cousins to throw 2,500 for the Houston Texans defense that has to do something to be able to get right. I feel like they're the only ones that I feel confident about Maddie that are in the 2k range, to be honest with you this week, maybe, maybe the charges too, but outside of them, I was looking at the, the bears and the Cowboys. So the Cowboys are going against Cleveland. Um, if they can hold that run and they can force Baker Mayfield to have to throw him making mistakes, I can buy into that at, at 3,300. This front seven is, is pretty good, man. They got Alden Smith back there. Shout out to Alden Smith, uh, Mizzou guy who's been back, seems to revitalize his career, and he's getting to the quarterback at will. So you like the pressure that they're getting there. And then the Bears defense, too. I, I like Jonathan Taylor this week because of what they're giving up on the ground, but they've limited wide receivers a ton this year, Maddie. They they have not uh, – I don't think they've allowed a, a wide receiver passing touchdown in, in quite some time. And so you're looking at this going against the Phillip Rivers team on the road – the Bears are at home now. They got Nick Foles. They're feeling re- revitalized. They're 3,100, and they're an opportunistic defense. Um, we saw it last week against Ma- Matt Ryan. So I, I'm fine with playing them at 3,100 as well, too. Yeah, I, dude, defense is so gross this week. I just, <laughs> I mean, there's what, eight, like we talked about eight games with over a 50-point total. Right. So it's like no matter no matter what you do, it's, it's just death by a thousand cuts. So – I think you you nailed it though. I mean, most of these, you're just hoping to get some pressure on the quarterback and hope hopefully something bad happens. Um, yeah, man. I didn't know if anything was sticking out to you uh, in regards to like line, like defensive lines that we could look at to take advantage of some of these guys. Uh, um, the couple, the just the couple of situations that kind of stand out. So we know that the Chargers have a really good uh, secondary and a solid, solid pass rush. And you've got Tampa Bay with, you know, no Chris Godwin. They're going to be running right. out uh, some, uh, you know, 
what's his face? Justin Watson, uh, no Scotty Miller. So it's Tampa Bay is more of a shell of its normal offense than it normally would be. And Brady is not the Brady, you know, I mean, he's getting up there in age and we saw in week one, he made mistakes against New Orleans and threw a pick six. So I, the chargers would be probably my preferred cheap defense at 2,900. If I was, you know, allowed to just pick a a team without any, implications on the rest of my salary for the rest of my squad right um but i've i've come across a couple of the builds i've had this week it's left me with like twenty three hundred dollars for defense and the browns are just scared <laughs> the browns against dallas are just staring oh geez oh here we go maddie hey i mean I miles mean, garrett and the boys get pressure yeah i mean they've got eight sacks in three games yeah that like, that, is, I know, that is the nice stat that is a nice stat the uh, and if I haven't seen, is Tyron Smith playing this week? Do you know? I have, I have not seen, but I know him and uh, Collins, I believe, are were on the injury report at least going into Wednesday. I saw that. Yeah. So if that's the case, I could, you know, if you've got twenty three hundred dollars left. So just first rule of of NFL DFS: I never blow up my build for a defense. Because how many times do you play a defense in a good matchup and you're like, oh, this defense is in such a good matchup, and they get like four points? Right. It's because, you know, other than sacks, everything else, uh, fumbles, interceptions, and touchdowns are mostly random. Yep. And so outside of sacks, which sacks are really the only thing we can predict, you can't really predict any other fantasy points for them. So give me a defense that's cheap that allows me to play the other guys on my team that I want to play and that gets pressure on the quarterback. And for me, if I've got $2,300 left out of those four options, it would be the Browns. Yeah, man. I, I, uh, yeah, we, we always talk about punting defense. So that's, a I mean, I played the there. Jets last week. So. Yeah. I played them too. 2k hell with it. Uh, yes. I, I see they just got an interception touchdown here. I could have used that last week against Philip right. Rivers, but it's, dude, it's always a week late. <laughs> always a week late. Uh, Will, yeah, Will in the chat here, who's been with us the whole time, Eddie, he's talking about how can you know pay up for Ravens coming off that embarrassing loss on Monday night. They should smash, and I don't, I don't disagree. I don't disagree, Will. But you're paying 4K to get a yeah. defense like that, and they they have proven it. This year, you're looking at their, you know, for your game log watching, 15 points against Cleveland, 15 points against Houston, uh, put up, you know, gave up 34 points against KC and still got seven fantasy points. So you're definitely feeling like you're getting a safe enough floor. It's just what are you, what are you sacrificing in your builds to, to yeah. get them? And if you're not sacrificing enough, you know, if you're if you're playing a, a Ryan Fitzpatrick stack and you're only running it back with one guy in Seattle and you you feel like you have enough salary to get the Ravens D in there, then by all means do so. Um, but we always look to um, pay up for our guys who are at the skill positions and then plug in that defense there, just knowing that a, a weird – you know, touchdown from the defense or the special teams can really make a difference on the slate or or make a difference for your defense that you're playing on the slate. Yeah. I mean, you think about it. So you're paying 4k for the Ravens. If you pay, if you just say, okay, I want to pay $1,900 less and just play Miami just for, to be able to fit what I want to fit. That's the difference between playing Mike Davis and playing Dalvin cook. (laughs) <laughs> at the running back position yeah like that's yeah. those are those are the things that you know just punting at 
So while, you know, Miami might get you one point, if the Ravens only get you eight, that's a seven-point difference. And I guarantee you Dalvin Cook outscores Mike Davis by more than seven points. Right. Yeah, and well, we I hear you, man. I'm looking here. You know, problem is is that if the defense goes out and gets you 20, 30 points, uh, and you don't have them, you feel like you're dead. And and I understand that that feeling um, in in the tournament in the tournament realm. But you you're you know if you're if you're banking on a defense that um, will get you 20 or 30 points, I don't I don't think you're doing enough to see how you can make up for that on your builds. You know, your 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 defense should not carry your team any week and and i know sometimes that it can and it feels like it does when some people make mistakes on uh on the slate but they get carried by a defense that goes out there and gets 25 30 35 points that was you know pretty popular and they can still hit that cash line because of it but definitely you know you you're it's such a high variance position that if you get your other eight players right if you get that core strong then it really shouldn't be killing you. And I know that Maddie and I were both uh, texting back and forth about our, our builds that had the Jets D at 2K, who only went out there and it got like four points or whatever, zero points, whatever it was. I don't remember now. But we had, you know, good plays at the other positions. Um, you know, having Lockett and DK and Russ made up for that. So exactly. Uh, I, yeah. If you if you have the salary to to play them, then definitely do so. But you can't necessarily go into weeks or or I, you can. But we don't talk about going into weeks uh, looking at the defense and saying, oh, I have to have this defense because they're in such a nuts matchup. And it is. It's Dwayne Haskins. Right. And even though it is, you know, yeah. the Ravens are on the road, it's Dwayne Haskins. Hell, this guy could get benched during the game. We could see Kyle Allen reunited. Um, that's an interesting thing. And I, and I also will say too, Maddie, um, and this is kind of it's off topic, but I'll bring it in, is that Ryan or Ryan, Ron Rivera, uh, has missed practice this week um, because of getting cancer treatments. And, you know, it could just be standard. Maybe I haven't looked too much into it, but I know Jack Del Rio has been coaching the team. So you're talking about a Washington team that could come in there on Sunday with Jack Del Rio at the helm, and they could have a totally different approach than what they've been doing under Ron Rivera, potentially. So that that's the type of stuff that I like to look at, especially when, um, you know, looking at the slate and saying, oh, yeah, the Ravens are in a smash spot. Okay, well, they might not be playing the same Redskins team that we're used to seeing. So, yeah, if you can fit, you know, if you can fit a defense that you want to play at 4K, by all means, do it after you've made the rest of your team. But I right. wouldn't just go into your team saying, okay, I've got my 4K defense. Now let me build the rest of my squad. Right. I think that's, I think that's ass backwards. Yeah, man. I, I agree. I agree. Um, all right, let's, you know, that was our slate. That is the week four NFL DFS breakdown from the DGen Nation. Thanks to everybody who's been sticking around. Thanks to you guys who are listening um, on your software platform, whether you're listening online, whether you're listening to iTunes, Stitcher, the YouTube channel, Periscope, Facebook. We appreciate it all. DGen Nation Pod, guys. Follow us on Twitter at DGen Nation Pod. You can follow the Fantasy Authority at ff underscore authority we got instagram going fantasy authority and the website the fantasyauthority.com where you can get all the content that we're putting out maddie before we sign off we got to get this DraftKings build going and we we had we had somewhat of a letdown in week two because of the injuries that plagued us 
And I thought we had a good team there. Kev wasn't on it. We were pretty solid. Still somehow ended up cashing, which is just ridiculous with having Saquon Barkley. But uh, we got to redeem ourselves with the with the two-man build this week. So let's get to it. Let's get to it. And um, I will uh, I will start it off here this week. And I am going to put in uh, – I'm going to put it – I'm going to start it off at tight end. And I'm going to put in TJ Hawkinson this week. All right, let's let's do it, uh, Matt Stafford. Okay, so we got Matt Stafford. We're plugging him in. He's fifty nine hundred. We got TJ Hawkinson. So we definitely have to run it back, right, with somebody. And um, let's just say we'll do Alvin Kamara right now. He's eight K. Um, he's the healthy guy. We've seen it from him. Good matchup against Detroit. Plug in Kamara. Uh, Marvin Jones. All right. So we got a full game stat going on here with Marvin Jones coming in. I really like that game. No, I was just going to say I really like that game. I think it's sneaky. Yeah, man. Now, you know, we get it. It gets interesting here, as we talked about, because we don't know really what's going on here with Hopkins. Uh, We don't know the Seattle situation against Miami, what the secondary is looking like for Miami. And we just talked about it at the top, Maddie, right? With your, if you're stacking a game, you like it, you go all in and you feel good about it. So let's get Michael Thomas in the same game uh, because you, you stacking games uh, with Seattle and Dallas, you feel good about it, but Hey, Detroit games can pay dividends too. So let's just get all the scoring in this game. Let's do it. I like it. We have Matthew Stafford, Alvin Kamara, Marvin Jones, Michael Thomas, TJ Hawkinson. That leaves us 4,700 remaining per position. We still have running back, wide receiver, flex defense to fill. So it's tight, but we can make it work. Let's go. uh, Let's go with Dalvin Cook. Oh, boy. Here we go. So we plug Dalvin Cook in. He's 7,600. So that leaves us 3733. We're going to have to get creative. Flex. So we are going to have to get creative. So I think we can get creative, but we don't need to go too crazy. And let's just see what we can do here with Hunter Renfro at 4,600. I had already pushed, pushed the plus sign before you even said it. I knew, <laughs> I knew it. I just knew it. Yep. He's such he's such a good player this week. It's uh, he's forty six. I mean, and you're looking at needing to have salary, but the you know you feel like the floor is strong enough. If he gets some things to break his way, then you're getting into you know he'll be all right to really pay off. So yeah. So we got thirty three hundred for flex and defense. So we got to go cheap D. So that means. We can play Golden Tate in the flex and punt defense. Golden Tate in the flex. We punt defense. That's Miami Dolphins against Seattle. God willing, <laughs> they go out there. Now, you know, we're not playing my – we don't feel confident playing Miami if there's no Byron Jones out there. Or do you still? I don't want to play anybody below Golden Tate. So, yeah, it's, this is what I get. It goes back to you just play the 2K okay. defense if that's what yep. fits on the rest of your build. Yeah, because if you get – I mean, we're playing I mean, at, the Detroit the New Orleans players. stack that yeah. are, that 
we're looking at trying to get 30 a, points from every player in that game. It's a full-blown so, Detroit-New Orleans stack with Dalvin Cook three, thrown in. Four. And Renfro and Golden Tate are great value wide receivers. Right. I'm not, I, I would not blow up that build just to change my defense. If you're following along, that is Matthew Stafford, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Marvin Jones, Michael Thomas, Hunter Renfro, TJ Hawkinson, Golden Tate, Miami Dolphins D. That uses all the salary. That's the team. Put it in. We got it in, Maddie. Uh, and that we're going to put the stamp on the week four NFL DFS breakdown. Man, it's episode 82. Appreciate everybody who's been here uh, along for the ride for this whole time. As you took time to to listen to this, maybe, you know, you're listening to it the next day or you're listening to it during this crazy uh, Broncos and Jets game that is it's just wild. turning into wild. Uh, sorry if you guys took the under in this game because it's already at 52, um, but it's just crazy. But I digress. Uh, it's the DJ Nation podcast, guys. Thanks for joining us. Like I said, follow us on Twitter at DJ Nation Pod. Uh, reach out to us. We'll get you in that Slack chat. We got guys rating reviewing the pod. I appreciate that. Um, I told you guys five stars. You rate and review. You send us a DM. I send you five dollars. I've already done it uh, this year, and I want to keep doing it for you guys um, as we as we keep going. So uh, rate and review the pod. I'll get you some money so you can play with that on DraftKings or FanDuel or whatever you want to do with it is is your choosing. Um, you also go to the YouTube channel. I see some people watching on YouTube. Appreciate that. Like the video. Subscribe so you get all the content. We got a ton of content coming you guys' way. Whether you you know you want the DFS stuff that comes usually at the end of the week, Friday, Saturday, or if you want even even the season long. We got a ton of content that's been coming out. You know, we got the the weekly waiver show that's going out on Sundays. Kevin Cody have been taking that by the reins and giving you early weekly waivers that you guys should be targeting. Uh, the start and sit show, start and sit show on on us Wednesdays has been great. So a lot of content coming out for the Fantasy Authority. We appreciate all you guys, and uh, I want to hear from you guys. Week four NFL DFS. Let's get it. Signing off for Maddie Dickinson at Maddie DFS. Um, Ryan Alexander underscore W on Twitter. And we will see you guys next week for the week five breakdown. Until then, get to these builds, get this money. Peace. Think you can tell me what to do? Know who you're talking to? Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... 
the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.